it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On a Wednesday morning and every Wednesday, we have a guest from the University of Alaska Fairbanks. And this morning, it's going to be interesting. I'm talking with uh, Professor Andres Lopez, College of Fisheries and Ocean Sciences. Good morning, sir. Good morning. You can grab you? Pull the microphone just okay. a little bit closer to you there. Is that good? Yeah, very good. Okay. Very good. Uh, welcome. And uh, this, is, uh, this is pretty cool. Uh, with the With the database that you mm-hmm. put together. Uh, this is world class stuff. Yeah, absolutely. This is neat. Explain, yeah. explain what this database does and why it is so significant. So one thing, one way of thinking about it is, it's a database very similar to what you would see in a library. So mm-hmm. it, it is a set of records that let us find specimens that we have in our research collections at the museum. And the the big deal about it is that we are pulling all this information that only existed in the books themselves, in the specimens themselves. Uh-huh. Um, we had paper labels associated with the specimens and creating digital online records. So just like with a library catalog, you can go to our website and search for a species of crab that you're interested in, and you may find exactly how many specimens of that crab we have and, and links to other information related to those specimens. So it's, it's an easy... It's a more efficient way of sharing that information that existed in the collections, but it was trapped in the form of paper records. Right. Uh, how many specimens do you have in your collection up at the university? We are probably getting close to, I want to say, 60,000 or so. Wow. Um, the way we, yeah. we have those specimens in the catalog, each little record that you see in the mm-hmm. database represents a jar of uh, let's say all the tanner crab that were collected in one site in a given mm-hmm. day. So we have the 20,000 sp- uh, records of marine invertebrates, but some of those records represent multiple, in some case, tens and dozens of individuals. So once you do the multiplication, we have somewhere in the 60,000 range of specimens. Now, with this database, uh, other researchers are able to get in and share the information yeah, that, that, they could, that they couldn't before. Exactly. That is the most valuable thing that, that we were able to do with this project. Having anyone in the world with an internet connection have access to the database, be able to, let's say it's a researcher in uh, Finland or in the, the northeastern part of the U.S. interested in a species that we have here. They can do a search, identify the specimens that would be useful in their work, and we'll, just like a library, we'll issue a loan of those specimens. We'll actually ship the preserved specimens to the researchers so that they oh. can do the work. Um, and, and it benefits everybody because those specimens got collected once and now many people can use them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you're able to do this with researchers all over the world. Yeah. That's right. We, uh, so. we just recently sent some, uh, samples to France. Um, there were researchers there interested in genetics and they, we bought, we lend them some of our tissue samples. How long has the database been up and running now? 
It, the database itself, it's been up for... Well, as far as the researchers being able to, to use oh, the okay. information. The full database for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. So, so the Arcto system has been implemented yeah. for a while. It probably takes that long exactly. to get that yeah, much information it is a, in there. It's a labor of love. Boy. But then this specific project that we're talking about took place over the past three years. Oh, okay. So this All was right. an effort mm-hmm. to catch up. Uh, the database mm-hmm. existed, but the records for these marine invertebrates were still trapped in paper form. So what we did over the past three years with the help with a, a small battalion of undergrad students at UAF <laughs> was to basically pull every yeah. one of those paper labels and turn all of that information, parse it into the digital record so that it, it's now part of this digital well, database. Well, it's a neat stuff. Uh, what if a researcher has information, new information, that he might like to add to your database? Are they able to do that? Yeah, we... We commonly collaborate mm-hmm. with um, agency researchers, um, other researchers at UAF, not just people associated with CFOS or with the museum, mm-hmm. that are out there in the field doing their own work and have the ability and the interest in providing new specimens for the collection. So if, if, if there's an, an agency that's doing some field surveys for some part of their tasks and they're willing to do so, they can bring back some of those specimens and, and add them to the collection. You say we have like 60,000 entries. All together, yeah. All together. Are these, these are not all different, though. There are some of the same? Or? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a lot of the thinking, same. Boy, there's a lot of species out there. Yeah, no, we don't have that many species here. <laughs> here in Alaska, because we're so far north, our yeah. species diversity but is that, low. But it's basically northern species yeah. in this database here? Absolutely. The, the museum collections are really focused on Alaska and surrounding waters, So, especially when it comes to fishes and marine invertebrates. So we may have a handful of odd collections that came to us from mm-hmm. random places, but for the most part, it's collections from Alaska. This is neat. Uh, Professor Andres Lopez with us from the uh, College of Fisheries and Ocean Sciences. It's a new uh, invertebrate database uh, of the Museum of the North. Let scientists from all over the world look at the collection for their research. We'll take a short break and come back with more conversation. Morning show time now, 15 till 9. To Alaska, that's that's always a question I have. Following my research career, following mm-hmm. the fish, uh, I'm a fish biologist, a fish mm-hmm. uh, systematist. And, uh, so right out of high school, you went to college where? Lower, lower 48? Yeah, I went to college at the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Okay. And I did my undergrad there. And from there, I went to master's. Um, I went to University of Washington for a degree in fisheries. And from then, I went to Iowa <laughs> for Ames, okay. Iowa, Iowa State, uh, for my PhD in evolutionary biology. And from then, I had postdocs in different places. I was at the Field Museum in Chicago for a year. I was at the Florida Museum of Natural History in Gainesville for a couple of years. Uh, my wife had a job there uh, with the University of Florida. And about four years into Gainesville, we learned about this opportunity to for a job as the curator of the fish collection at the University of Alaska Museum. And I applied for it, got it, and we moved here 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah. That happens, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's a great place to be. Uh, we have a, a small, a young son, 12-year-old, that, that 
only knows Alaska. He moved here when he was two, and oh, so yeah. he's an Alaskan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really neat. What got you interested into this line of work? I've all biology in general, mm-hmm. uh, evolutionary biology, always interested me, and, and fishes in particular was the subfield of evolutionary biology I wanted to be in. So when I started my undergrad, I, I volunteered at a fish collection similar to what I'm doing here, oh, except with fishes, mm-hmm. and uh, thanks to that time, getting a sense of what ca- the work that goes on in fish collections and the work of systematists, I my application for grad school was tailored for that kind of work, and and from then on, I just built on to my interest in. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And fish diversity, fish distributions fish uh, speciation, how they evolve, how they related to each other, all these things. Where do your specimens come from? From researchers out in the field for the most part? For the most part, mm-hmm. yeah. So we especially when it when it concerns the marine invertebrate collection, mm-hmm. it's mostly from research cruises that take place almost throughout the year, but primarily during the summer of course around here. Um, folks that are out in these research cruises to doing their own sorts of uh, projects often ask for if there's any interest in bringing extra stuff back or, or collecting specimens that will not be used for that work but mm-hmm. can be part of the research collection. So a lot of our specimens come from those collaborations, those relationships with either UAF researchers or agencies, state or, or federal, that are out doing some sort of field work and have the opportunity to to bring specimens to add to the collection. Now, during the break, you mentioned something that's very interesting, too, that I never thought about, and that is preserving the DNA from respective specimens. Now, how do they do that? Yeah, so I, I'm sure you've everybody's heard how DNA is transforming everything. Oh, yeah. Every new study is based on some sort of DNA um, analysis, and, and it it, the same applies to the field of systematic biology, the field of describing species and understanding how they're related. So, so now we really want to have access to the well-preserved DNA molecules. Mm-hmm. The old techniques for preserving specimens do not work very well for that. The this traditional embalming process where you use formaldehyde and fix the tissues, it's, it's not the ideal way of keeping DNA molecules intact. Mm-hmm. So in the past, I would say 20 years, the common practice is when you're out in the field collecting specimens that will become part of a research collection, you take a little piece of that specimen. In the case of fish, usually a fin, a piece of fin. If it's an invertebrate, you try to find something that is not going to damage the specimen too much. And you put that little tissue in a different preservative, um, usually high concentration alcohol mm-hmm. um, or different kinds of formulations that make the the process of DNA decay slow down or stop. And that allows you to, down the line, it could be 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the line, go back to that same tissue sample and sequence parts of those genomes that are are preserved in those tissues. So it's the new way of doing things. It's 
by far the the most active area mm-hmm. within systematic biology the the application of genetic information to all these questions that we have over the summer do you always receive additional uh, specimens or are there any new ones that uh, show up that haven't been seen before new species yeah uh not too not much yeah. uh you get that, yeah. that, that one yeah. that's supposed to be down south that shows up up north we because do, of the warmer water? We do get quite yeah. a bit, uh, usually, mostly with fish. I haven't noticed it with marine invertebrates, mm-hmm. but that part of the reason why we haven't noticed it so much with marine invertebrates is because we know a lot less about those species. So we don't have a, a solid handle on their distribution. So detecting changes to those distributions is a little trickier. With fish, there, there's mm. so much interest in, in fishes and, and the ecosystems that support fishes that there are, we have a, a better sense of where a fish should be. And when they show up outside of that place, we notice it right away. Mm. I think with, with marine invertebrates, because they're odd little animals that get a, a lot less attention from researchers or from anybody in general, uh, Finding them out of place is harder to do. What are some of those that fall into the category of mar- of marine invertebrates? What what type of uh, fish are? What are we talking about? So there? we're talking about crab. Oh, okay. Uh, like all the crustaceans, um, the the um, octopus, squid, uh, all the shell things, uh, snails, uh, chitons, sea urchins. So it's a really broad, diverse of set of animals that are in the ocean. That the, the key defining feature is that they're animals, mm-hmm. but they don't have a spine. So if, if the oh, animal has okay. a skeleton and a spine, it's a vertebrate. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't have a if skeleton an and a spine, it's okay. an invertebrate. It's, right. it's not going back to my biology days. Now. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a grab bag of all the things that don't have a spine. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. A, I want to ask you about the, the deep, dark caverns you have. Beneath the uh, Library Museum of the North, there where you store all the specimens. You know, what I picture, you know, going down a long flight of stairs. It's dark. It's dusty. There's <laughs> spider webs, dim lights here and there. Lots of jars and shelves. That's not the scene, is it? So the jars and shelves is the scene, but mm-hmm. the dark and dusky is musty. Is not. Uh, <laughs> we have a beautiful facility. It's very, it's, it's recently um, remodeled within the past 10 years, and it's bright, it's very clean, um, but we do have rooms that look almost like a library. Mm-hmm. So going back to this idea of the of research collections as being library-like, mm-hmm. the, the well, actual physical layout, yeah. it, the, the physical layout is also library-like in the sense that you have long rooms with lots of shelves, and on those shelves we have the equivalent of the books. In our case, the books are jars of specimens. So you you have that, and you have them organized in a way that if you find them in the database, it'll be easy for anybody to walk into that room, mm-hmm. go straight to the right. right to them. Yeah. yeah. So, so in that sense, it, it is true that it's big sort rooms like with Dewey lots of shelves, so yeah. kind of thing, where you can find it, and you know you, you can walk right to where that specimen would be. Exactly. So, how many levels are there beneath the uh, the top? story there of the museum. One the big level. So there, there's one, one, one big, big one. level that occupies the entire footprint of the museum. And that's fascinating. There's so many specimens down there for, yeah, the, for and, the entire museum. Exactly. And we're just talking about the, the marine invertebrates, but we also have mammal collection, a herbarium, an, inse- an arthropod collection. We have uh, 
anthropology, archaeology. Mm, entomology. Uh, entomology. Yeah, the yeah. bug guy, Derek, he's been That's here a right. couple of times. So this is really fascinating stuff. And this is a new database that's uh, been uh, put in uh, up there at the university. Project lets researchers access trapped museum collection. Yeah, trapped information is now much more readily available. Anyone with an Internet connection can get and see what we have. And you have researchers all over the world now tapping this database, and you are able to share your information specimens with them. Yeah, and and Arctos, the database that we use, one of the neat features of it is that it, it follows the standards of the community that work with these kinds of databases. So all of our records uh, periodically get fed into these much larger portals. So oh, all the stuff okay. that we have here go into these global databases that, that, that have suck the same in type every of single record. Exactly. Same type of information, but for every museum and every research collection. So everybody's shaking hands with the information. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's really great. That's fascinating. Uh, Professor Andres Lopez with us, Professor, College of Fisheries and Ocean Sciences. Thanks so much for stopping by. Thanks for having me. Be safe. Drive with your lights on. Rush is up next. KFBX Fairbanks and iHeartRadio station. It's 9 a.m.